Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your projects. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha. we got a great show today. Um, Jack Remick is on, and he introduced me to Eleanor, who is on, and also Yasmina. And we all know uh, she has a wonderful magazine, EYS. And um, this is how Facebook, you know, we talk a lot about things that, you know, Facebook might not, you know, be good for this or that, but it is good for some very good friendships. And I've known Jack for years because I I heard him on another show, and then Eleanor I know. And so I think that this is a really good thing because it's not just like Facebook friends. It's actually people that care about each other. And Jasmina has – all of us have been featured, and I now am a a contributor, but that's how we met Jasmina from Jack. I meet everybody, a lot of people from Jack. So he has a lot of things he wants to talk about today, and – we will talk about everything he wants to talk about and also Eleanor. And they're really good writers. And so they're not just authors of books. They're writers. And that's what they do. So I think today uh, somebody had mentioned to me that over the years, I've done this for probably 13 years, but I realize a lot of people are have never been listening to the show. So we're going to give you some tips and some facts and places to go where you need help. But I have a few things to say. Now, I know... Most authors, writers, do not like to do marketing. So I have a couple things to say. If you're, a lot of the small publishers have stopped publishing now, and they've left the people just in a lurch. They don't even know what to do. So I use Fidelity Publishing. I don't recommend people that I don't use because I don't know how they are. And so I'm always cautious about who I talk about and who I send to people to because there's a lot of people. One of the reasons I started this is because I was an agent and I realized people, like I, we've, I've learned a lot over the last 20 years, and it just doesn't happen where you learn everything. So um, the, some of the places I go are Allen Pussycat, they have um, very reasonable pricing, and they post every day. Um, you can get banners from them, things like that, because I believe that that's a good thing to do is just keep posting, and people will start seeing your name. Also, uh, Jennifer Malone Wright has um, done a lot of my banners lately, and she's very good, and she's offering services. So all of these people are on Facebook, and if you have audiobooks on Amazon, and we all know that you get free codes, but a lot of times we don't know what to do with it. And I found freeaudiobookcodes.com, and I think it was $50, and you put all your audiobooks. 
on there, and they handle all the codes, and they send them out. And this actually does get your books out there, because I've tried other programs, and nothing works. But the free audio books, and so those are a few little things that I wanted to, you know, just tell you. And if you need any help, Jack is going to talk about also, I'm going to let them talk about each other, you know, what they do. But Jack will talk about also another place to go, because honestly, that's one of the problems. People don't know where to go. There's a lot of new writers out there. I see them all over the place, and there's lots of people looking to do podcasts. And so... um if you want to do a podcast, you can go on Blog Talk. I've been doing Blog, uh, blog Talk for 13 years because un- one of the things I've heard lately is people are saying, oh, I need like $100,000. I need this. That's not really true. So check out Blog Talk or check out some of the other things that are not thousands and thousands of dollars. So that would not be good because a lot of writers want to do podcasts now, but you have to do it in the right way where you're not spending all your money or money you don't have. So right, that's enough about that. I'm going to let Eleanor, how are you, and Jack, I'm so glad you're both on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is going to nice be fun. To and nice to um, you. you want to tell everybody just a little bit about you and then Jack will talk and you know just so they know who you are and all the things you've accomplished. Sure. Um, I'm happy to, to be on with you both again. Always fun to chat with you. That's fun. Yeah, um, yeah it is. I'm uh, I'm Puerto Rican born. I'm an author of uh, a novel by the name, it's called A Decent Woman. And it's a historical novel set in 1900 Puerto Rico. And uh, last year I published my first poetry collection called Tight Knots, Loose Threads. Um, which were, they were poems that had been sitting in a desk for about probably 15, 20 years. And I realized that I, I had to get them out. And, and it was time, um, kind of scary for, for a historical fiction writer to, to all of a sudden branch out into poetry. Um, but I'm glad I did. It was very cathartic. Yes, beautiful um, book. Yes, beautiful. Thank you, thank you. I'm currently writing my second novel called The Laments. And I'm working on a new poetry collection. And on the side, um, to give back, I guess, I facilitate creativity workshops for women um, based, or not based on, but using the book by Julia Cameron called The Artist's Way. So this year I started my sixth group with uh, 10, 10 women. And uh, wow. we're in our second month. Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's and that's great. me. Okay. That's you. <laughs> Definitely you, and there's more. Okay, Jack. Jack. Okay. How are you, Jack? Uh, I know you okay. have lots of subjects to talk about. So tell everybody a little bit well, about as I as, as I got your note and we organized this hour, I thought, well, you know, there are a lot of things that have been crossing my mind lately, but uh, let, me, let me just drop some stuff on there. You know, I've written... I think I, I've lost track, but I think I've written about <laughs> 20 or 24 books. Uh, the latest mm-hmm. one is a series of essays called What Do I Know? Wisdom Essays. Um, I was motivated by to write that book by the question of what in the world can I teach my grandchildren? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a granddad. Yeah. And i got two. Mm-hmm. They're teenagers, but... Everything I suggest or anything that anybody else suggests, they say, oh, that's not the way we do it, Grandpa. 
So I thought I would write a series of essays asking the question in each essay, what is wisdom? How do you get it? How do you know you have it? You know, and the big one, why do you even want to be wise? What What is that? So there are you know, a couple dozen essays about the nature of wisdom and its relationship to knowledge and stuff. And it's one of the books that I really enjoyed writing a lot because, as most writers find out, the journey of self-discovery is never-ending. And so right, you really okay. have to keep at it. You yeah. can't take anything for granted. Um, some of my other books are Gabriella and the Widow, Blood, which is in its own realm, I suppose. I have a quartet of novels called California Quartet. Couple, of, no, three or four books of short stories. I forget. A couple of poetry books and stuff like that. I also co-wrote a novel. Excuse me, a book called How to Write a Excuse me, the weekend novelist writes a mystery with Robert Ray, and mm-hmm. uh, that is you. You talk about where to go for writers. That book right. is still that, in that, print, that, yeah. still working. It's got a lot yeah. of information on it, both about how to start, how to go. Then the second thing that I would suggest for writers who are looking for techniques, who are looking for ideas. Go to the not to the blog that Bob Ray and I put up. It's called Bob and Jack's Writing Blog, and the subtitle yeah. is How to Make Good Writing Better. Bob and mm-hmm. I decided a long time ago that we would not try to monetize our knowledge about writing. We would just give it away because if you monetize it, then you get involved in this greedy kind of thing, and it yeah. just, it just doesn't make you feel yeah. good. So we're offering everything that Bob and I know. We've taught novels, short story, poetry, screenwriting, screenplays. It's up there. If you want to go check it out, have at it, and it's free. It's good. It's good. Right, right. And that's the thing. You know, that's one of the things that people are afraid of if they ask. They don't want to spend. They don't, like a lot of writers and a lot of people, they don't have a lot of money to do these things. And they want to do things and they don't know how to do it right. And they do go to places that charge them a lot of Mm -hmm. money and they do Mm -hmm. nothing for them. Nothing. Exactly. And 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 Bob and Jack's writing blog is is absolutely free, you know. And like I say, it talks about how to start a novel, 20 tips for starting a novel, how to build characters, how to do timed writing, how to do all those things that we have to discover for ourselves, by ourselves, and that takes a huge amount of time. So if you go someplace like the Bob and Jack's writing blog, it just cuts years of hard work off your timeline and gets you writing quicker. Yeah. Yeah, I right. And the thing about Phenomenal. writing is, you never know. Right, with writing, you don't. You know, those that think they know everything, this is not a good thing because we don't know everything. <laughs> I mean, there's no way we could possibly know everything. And you know, and you have to be able to ask for help also if you need help. You know, and you can't mm-hmm. just ask people your friends. That's not going to help. You have to ask people that have done this. Where we all understand each other. Eleanor, you were going to say something. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say the same thing that. Um, I shied away from a lot of these, um, you know, courses, and and yep. uh, I bought a lot of a lot of books. But Jack and Ray's blog um, really 
was phenomenal for me as a as a first time writer actually. I mean, I didn't come to writing until 50. So I had, you know, was an artist before that, um, and I did write poetry that I kind of stashed in a box under the bed. <laughs> no one read it. Right. Well, yeah. Right. You know, and and a I lot of a lot of people you know, do so, that. A lot of people do that, and now they're bringing it up. Right. They do bring it out. Exactly. You know, and the good thing is, it is. yeah, and they need help. They it, they need some help. They because do. They need. Yeah, because they don't know what to do with it, and. You know, one of the things is they end up going sometimes to the wrong people, you know, mm-hmm. and then they then they end up not writing anymore. My goal has always been to keep people writing, and I know Jack exactly. does the same thing too with that. Yeah, and you do too. You feel like you want to help people mm-hmm. because you don't want them to stop writing because it is hard, but mm-hmm. it can be done if you, you know, you don't have to sit there and, read every last detail of, of how to write a book because you're not going to be able to write a book unless you start it, you know. Exactly. So I think, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about, Jack, do you want to talk about characters at all? I mean, because you, you know, that's one of the things oh, see, that's, you do. That's too hard, Marcia. That's too hard. <laughs> Let me just give you an example of something. Okay. Like well, when I was teaching in the, Bob Ray and I taught in the screenwriting program at the University of Washington, and we worked with a guy named Stuart Stern and a woman named um, Randy Sue Coburn and another director, cameraman, writer named Jeff uh, Miller. And Stuart used to say to us, if I told the students how hard it is, they would never try it. So when we start talking about character right off the bat, you know, I think mm-hmm. we're going in the wrong direction. I think we're going mm-hmm. you know, if we look at the way, for example, that um, uh, oh God, the writer, American writer, wrote that Fahrenheit 451. He said that I learned to write dialogue by putting a roll of paper in my in my computer and writing, just writing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. later mm-hmm. that these yeah. ideas about character emerge, and, and yeah. they must emerge from something other than your own experience. Because the big That's problem sure. that most writers have is how to turn experience into fiction. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's the exactly. big That's step. a good thing. That's, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I, I yeah. think that with that's why I, I really enjoy doing these um, workshops with women because a, a lot of what Julia Cameron stresses is, is journaling and really just being present and bringing up stuff, you know, with the questions that she asks about, you know, just you think they're just simple questions, but they get very, very deep. And in my experience, it's like 20 years of doing these workshops, I find that so many women that I have come across have so many great stories, and they just tuck them away like I was doing until I read that book. And I realized that my experiences are unique, all of each of us. Everybody, so right? Many. Nobody has the same experience, right? Exactly. That's exactly. true. Exactly, yeah. and it could it could be you know two people have the same experience, but they're going to come away with different viewpoints, different reactions, and I think that's and I don't like the word blocked because I don't I don't really know if I'm ever blocked. Um, I when I feel like I can't say something, even and it starts with journaling because I journal every day, longhand, three pages, just like Julia taught me. In yeah, 2000. but Eleanor. Eleanor and, mm-hmm. and, and, and Marcia, see, the issue there is that mm-hmm. when you say journal, write, experiences, 
most people think about writing a novel without ever having understood the nature of a memoir. You know, and they're very different things. And you know, we have to put the, we have to tell James Joyce that he's absolutely wrong when he says that most fiction writing is disguised autobiography. Well, see, that leaves no room for for creation, for imagination, for stretching the limits. But before a person can stretch the limits, they have to understand the nature of experience and its relationship to story and to fiction. And so you have to have an what is fiction, what is story. You can't just mm. write what you were doing in 1975 you know, and say, well, that's a novel, because it's not a novel, you see. Mm. And so uh, this mm. bothers me a lot as a teacher and as a writer when I hear people say, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm writing a novel that's about my life when I was living in da-da-da. That's not a novel. Yeah. That is Mm. not the novel, my friends, you know. You know, let me ask you a question as long as you brought memoir up, okay, because I was having a discussion the other day. I wrote to life a memoir, and Mm -hmm. it was completely on the the writer, uh, Sailor Lewis. I'm the writer. Sailor Lewis um, was a Holocaust survivor, and I used to go to her house every day, and we wrote, it's her story. So mm-hmm. I happened to be checking some things out on Amazon, and I just noticed some, like, really not – most of my books have really good reviews. This is the only book that doesn't. And they're talking about it like I had a choice. If you're writing a memoir of someone, it's their mm-hmm. story. It has nothing to do with me. I wrote her story. She was satisfied mm-hmm. with it. And so they're writing – they wrote a review – that they didn't like the woman. And I'm thinking, what? I mean, like, okay, then you don't like Mm. the woman. Was the writing bad? Did you not like the story? I mean, what? I mean, but if you have a character, talk about characters, this was a real person. And so I'm thinking Mm -hmm. to myself, what does memoir really mean then? I mean, this is her story. And it says on the book, it's a story by Sailor Lewis. She's gone now, but but the fact is, it's her story, not my story. I just wrote it, and but they're mm-hmm. acting like the review is something I did wrong. They don't like what I wrote about her story, but that is her story. So what can I do as the writer? I'm writing, and she was satisfied with it, and that's all. This was important to her. She wanted it, like you say, for your grandchildren. She wanted her words out there of what happened to her. Whether they like the story mm-hmm. or not, it's her memoir, not mine. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, but well, we still we're why. still at the issue, Marsha, of yeah. what is fiction. You see, yeah, and and this but is, this is this not is a hard. You know, they're writing it like I could have had a choice. Get across. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Well, you know, you, you raise the been... question of like. You know, she didn't like mm. me. She didn't like what it. Uh, I want to read you a couple little lines that. Uh, a friend of mine, well, you know Meredith, uh, she, Meredith Mills, yeah. she uh, and I met, we talked, she's a graphic artist in a couple of my covers, and um, she yeah, ter- turned out that her father was a novelist, his name was Wirt Williams, and I said, well, I'll read a couple of his novels, and I did, and Marcia, after I, excuse me, Mar- Meredith, after I started talking to her, said, you know, she said, did you like it? 
and it stopped me in my tracks. I mean, it just stopped me dead. And, and I yeah. finally had to write her a note that I quit reading for like a long time ago. After That's Bob and I wrote the weekend novelist, mm. I never read for story, but always read for technique, structure, style. Content is always going to be pretty much predictable, and even in the words of a very good writer, canonical. So with that, here's what I ran across, what ran across my mind as I read and marked your father's novels. You see, in other words, like is immaterial. If you're a writer, you've got to look at the way it's put together, how it's done. What did this writer do to the language, to the structure, to the rhetorical devices? Is there, in fact, a switch being made here from experience to fiction, experience yeah. to technique? Oh. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. So when that right. woman, when they said, I didn't like you, well, that's nonsense. What did, yeah. what did you do? I read that book, Marcia, and it's a tremendous book. It's one of the, you know, it is really a heartfelt, sincere. But that's an interesting thing, though, and but, well, how people do that, and that's one of the problems authors have out there, the reviews. And I know that you once said, Jack, I'll quote you, that you're on. You once told me something. You said, if somebody reads your book and they don't like it, or, you know, and it's okay because you're not going to do it again. You know, it's right. whatever it is at that time, it's done. Mm-hmm. So if you read the review and they go, you don't like it, are you going to do the book again? No, you're probably not going to do the book again because that's right. the story you wrote. So I think yeah. that there's so much problem out there with reviews. Eleanor, how do you feel about that? You know, mm-hmm. all of these people, everybody wants it. Everybody have reviews. It's very hard to get reviews. And I, I look at people when they have a 1,000 reviews, I go, how did they get these reviews? I don't know. Eleanor, yeah. Do you want to talk about I that for a know. second? I think, yeah. I, I, my first review was with the L.A. Times, and I don't remember the woman's name. I actually screenshot. I have a screenshot of it somewhere because <laughs> the first review of a decent woman mm-hmm. was she didn't eviscerate it, boy, but she knew I was a first-time writer, and she was correct that it. I didn't have a strong editor because I hadn't, and I didn't. You know, I didn't have the money for this, you know, fantastic editors that everyone else was telling me about. I couldn't afford them. So she was correct. Um, But I didn't go looking for that one. And I actually turned around my mind. I thought, you know what? She took the time to buy my book and to review it. So I stuck with that. And every other review, I was, I'm always appreciative. And I do read them. I do read them. I don't comment about them. But I have had a lot of little, you know, like people will make a comment like, gee, I wish you had fleshed out this character, that character. I actually learned a lot from the reviewer, from the readers, yeah. um, the, the, the things that I was missing. And, of course, like I said, I didn't start writing until I was 50. So I don't have, you know, a treasure trove of beautiful things that I've written. So I'm starting, I was starting from scratch in 2015. Um, and I but you do have a, but you novel. do know how to do a story. You do know how to do a story, and, and your poetry, every poem, the words are beautiful. Jack, let me ask you. You know when you talk sure. about that because Thank you. you know I, see that's the thing about people. But Jack, you have so many different styles of writing. You right. don't write right. the same book every time. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well, I make that. Wow. Make so maybe you could talk a little bit that. about that because sometimes people think they have to write the same book over and over. Right. No. But Jack, you well, don't write in every style. That's a hard one because 
See, we, we fall into the two, well, there are three traps we've fallen into. One is Joyce's thing that fiction is disguised autobiography, blam, blam, you know. The second one is fiction is not memoir. And the third one is American realism that comes out of a misinterpretation of Aristotle's poetics. He, he does not ever say, and I have read many translations trying to find the decent one, Aristotle does not say, Art should be an imitation of life, which Americans take me. Show the blood, show the guts being cut out, the head being blown off. That's, see, that's life. No. Aristotle says very simply in every translation that I have read, art is an imitation of life. It cannot be life, you see. So mm-hmm. we're trapped. We're trapped in Joyce's nonsense. We're trapped in memoir as novel, and we're trapped in in the misinterpretation of the poetics. So now, to answer your question, now how do I write uh, in different styles? Well, first yeah, I try to write, and I do, you know, and mm-hmm. I try to write sometimes poetically, sometimes thriller-esque, sometimes, uh, you know, nonsense, like in Doubles in a Game of Chance. I really defy anyone to tell me what that book is about. You know, I kind of know. <laughs> But the idea is to explore the language, to explore going into it, to find out what the language can do. We happen to speak and write an incredibly complex but beautiful language. We can still create words. We can still make up structures. We can do things that flow all the way back to Beowulf but speak forward to some kind of a scientific world that is not yet here. So we're in the middle of a transformation of this language, and we've got to participate in that. So what you have to do is write in such a way that you're saying, how many ways can I use the language? And if you do that, then no two Mm -hmm. stories are going to be the same. You see, they can't be the same because your language Mm -hmm. is changing as you write it. When I wrote Gabriel and the Widow, I... Somebody asked me, how can you write about a woman? And I said, well, there are a lot of many. There are a lot of me's. There are a lot of Jacks, and one of them happened to have a feminine side that I could write to and through. So that's how you mm-hmm. get into it. See, no, but that's that's right. you, you write a good woman. But, you know, that, see, that's one of the things people say, oh, you can't write a man, you can't write a woman. That's really not true, though, because you're right. It's, not, it's no, not about exactly. you. It's about the, when you're starting to write and this guy, yes. let's say, it's a doorman, okay, that you write from a hotel, okay? You you look at the doorman, you know, because I'm, I'm writing. I'm looking at the doorman. He's talking. I've got to figure out his name and what he's going to say. But you don't know that until you do it. You introduce Correct. him. Like exactly. you're saying, character. Yeah. He just popped up out of nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or a taxi driver. Yeah. Somebody pops mm-hmm. up out of nowhere. You have to know how to do that, and the best way to do it is just, Right, and then you put him out. You can't say, oh, I think in scene two or whatever, you're going to put a doorman. How are you going to know that? You know what I mean? It, the doorman okay. may okay, never Marcia, even talk have, you, or this I doorman have a would. I have a technique. Let me share this with your listeners okay. right now. When you first start writing, there are all of those problems. So how do you solve that problem of what to do with the character? Well, what I do with every character, major, minor, and it doesn't matter, I start writing a technique called one minute before this story starts, five minutes huh? before ten, an hour.
hour, a year, ah, a month, five years, ten years. Good. And pretty soon I have built this entire life of this character. And he or she is as familiar to me as some one of my friends. So ah, now that answers the question of what is fiction. Fiction mm. is I like that simply, one minute before. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's the intrusion, is the yeah. infusion of the narrative past, artful infusion of the narrative past into the narrative present. So when I write those guys speaking, it's not, I'm not speaking. They're telling me what to write. In other right. words, you have to become, as a novelist, you have to become every character. You have to have room in your brain for the woman yeah. who wants this, for the guy who wants that, for the punk yeah, out exactly. there who wants to cut little little dogs up. So you've got to have that thickness in your thinking yeah. about the character. You definitely do. You definitely yeah. do. I think that's the same. It is. It's very true. And when people ask me, you know, how difficult is it to write a novel, I say, you have to be like what Jack just said. You have to put your, you have to like almost um, what's the compartmentalize yourself. Like here, yeah. now I'm him, now I'm her, now I'm the child, and it's such, it's amazing to me how deep yeah. you can get into a character that doesn't doesn't resemble you in any way, but you do become that character. That yeah. to me is so fascinating. And it scares exactly. young writers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah so well, you know, because like, you're talking for them. You're talking for them. Like, right, because some people don't exactly, know how to do Martha, dialogue. You, you laid it right there. You're talking, and they are talking to you, and you're just taking dictation. You yeah, know, I tell writers, don't use adverbs in your narrative. Don't use adverbs in your narrative. But if you get a character who says, I truly, really lovely, you know, fine, because that's the way people speak. And that character yeah, exactly. saying stuff to you. So you see, let them, I think Natalie mm-hmm. Goldberg and maybe Julia Cameron also says, get out of the way and let the characters be. Right. Yeah, let Absolutely. the characters, let these people tell their story. You know, and mm-hmm. so we're now, if you do that, you're miles away from Joyce. You're miles away from memoir. You're miles away from Aristotle misinterpretation, you know. And let me mm-hmm. go back to Aristotle for a moment. When Aristotle said art is an, Im- an imitation of life. It wasn't a prescription. It was a it was a description. And how do we know that? Because mm-hmm. what were his models? I mean, it wasn't you know blood and guts. It was characters on a stage wearing huge masks, wearing you know robes all over their feet, and 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 wearing four inch cothorns or heels. Now, is that realism? No. He was talking about a psychological reality, a psychological yeah. realism. And Mm -hmm. we misinterpreted that. And, you know, when I wrote the end of Citadel, I was really plagued with the problem of violence against women, you see, because, anyway, that's another story, but anyway. I sometimes well, well, well that because right, it, sometimes things happen that you're just not prepared for, but it does happen in a book or, or a novel, whatever mm-hmm. you're writing, it, you know, and you go, that's oh true. my God, you know, and it, you really that's that's actually you know not about the abuse part, but it, the fun of writing is not always knowing everything that's going to happen and be surprised right. by oh, yourself. That's, that's, yes. that's the only way that's to write. <laughs> yeah, I think it's so much fun. You know, to go, a, oh my friend, God! Look uh, at that! Look at what that right. person did. You're always surprised. <laughs> yeah. You're always surprised, yes. and you, everything builds from there. 
You know, I'm yeah, the real and, the and real I, thing, Marsh, is what I call the squirm factor. Okay, you write something, and ten years later you read it, and either you squirm and say, "Oh my, how could I have written that?" <laughs> you, and, or you say, "Well, that's not yeah. too bad. <laughs> that's yeah. not bad. <laughs> I did okay." You know. Right. So this, this that is, is the true. reality that a beginning right. novelist has to deal with. You've got to be ashamed of your early stuff enough to rewrite it. And the yeah, art I think is for me, screenwriting, I think, because you, you said you started like with, you know, you were screenwriting. See, the thing about screenwriting is, I, until I did screenwriting, I didn't really get myself into the situation. But when you screenwrite, you're talking and the dialogue is right there. So if you put two people in a room, let's say a hotel, mm-hmm. they got, and they're talking, that's how I get my conversations. But I couldn't mm-hmm. do that before. And I think screenwriting, if somebody wants to try a screen, you know, if they want to try to get their dialogue better, if they write a screenplay, it will get better because you constantly have to talk. You're not talking about what the room looked like. You're talking about what the people are feeling and what's happening, you know, what they're at the time. Mm-hmm. So they can teach people how to well, really you, do you really nailed it right there, Marcia, when you say what were they, what are they feeling. See, most yeah. people think that writers write words. No, we write a thin gloss over emotion, and we call those things words. We really want to connect with the other reader at the emotional level, make them feel what the characters are feeling. You know, mm-hmm. and boy, you don't do that without a lot of practice. And this is something that young writers, you know, often forget. You know, it's not how many words you write, but the quality and the depth of each word that you wrote. Well, there, there could be mm-hmm. also, because I wasn't a young, I didn't start, uh, I mean, I worked in hospitals and things like that. I was a lab tech. I didn't do writing. So I don't have, like, you have a lot of background training, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which could, and could not be, you know, because you're, think, you know, when you talk about Aristotle and you're talking about all these things, I don't have that in my head. So I, mm-hmm. I you know, I just kind of <laughs> go for it. Well, well, that's the truth, though. You know, I don't have it. it. I wasn't a great, yeah, I wasn't true. a great that's student. True. You know, and mm-hmm. I was great when I worked in hospitals. I loved that, but I wasn't really much of a student. Not that my father didn't push me to be, because he knew I could have been, and probably I'm sure he was right. But I didn't want to be. So, but you have the training jack of all of this in your head. So that too is hard. You know, because no, you're no. writing for a lot of people. Of what you think, you know, because you're thinking mm-hmm. of all these things that most of us don't think about, right? I, Eleanor, how do you feel about that? Do, do you, well, well let me tell you, Marcia, I've had the pleasure being. of reading a mm-hmm. couple of your screenplays, you know, and <laughs> right. well. um, you know, they were, you know, I'm amazed, <laughs> I'm amazed that they're still, you know, just in print instead of on the yeah. screen. Because yeah. you, know, you write, Thanks. you write the way. To me, stories are told with action and image, words and images. Yeah. You know, and in screenwriting, what you have done is strip away all the nonsense that Elmore Leonard says. Leave right. out the part. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Script, you see. But I'm not descriptive. I I know I have that issue, though. In in novels, it is good to be a little more descriptive. I know I'm not as descriptive, and maybe you know I like reading that way, and that's why I listen to audio books because I think Mm -hmm. for me, I the audio books for me is all dialogue, you know, and because I'm listening to it, I'm much better off than Mm -hmm. reading. 
you know, and I get it right. better. And I think people, if they really want to, they can actually learn how to write better by listening to audiobooks and not looking at the structure, paragraph, you know, commas, you know, because you know what I'm saying. Everybody's looking like Eleanor, what you're saying. She gave you a review on your writing skills, okay, not your story. Exactly. You know, right, which, but she, but you she know, loved you, the stories and she thought the characters were unique and that's what I honed in on. And I said, yeah. okay, then I've got something. And then I rewrote the whole, you know, I rewrote a lot yeah. of that story yeah. um, and was able to republish, which was nice two years later because our first publisher went bankrupt. So I had, I had that <laughs> opportunity, you know, to be able to then take everything I had learned and, you know, the, the one or two years after that. But I was going to bring up actually something um, – for a lot of, of people, like you, you were talking about people who don't have the, you know, either the the experience or the life experience yeah. or the academic experience of, of writing, um, I came to it from an, an art. I was an artist for 25 years before I even considered writing a novel. And I think that when the paintings didn't say what I needed to express, I could no longer get what I, I couldn't convey what I what I had in my heart or soul, my my head, that's when the words started. When that no longer told the story that I needed to tell, and I know I keep going back to journaling. I know a lot of people don't like the part about journaling, but what journaling did for me was open up a stream of consciousness, because right. you write longhand and your your pen is connected to that paper. And that just the discipline of the of the journaling every day and sitting at the desk, and even if I didn't think I had anything to say, it would certainly flow by page and a half of journaling longhand. And that taught me a lot about writing without even knowing what it was doing. So when I write a chapter or a scene, I can get into that place very quickly, the stream of consciousness. And just, but you are seeing it from an artist. You're seeing it as an artist's view. That's what well, I think I Jeff do. Talk. I do. Yeah, I yeah. hear it. I hear the dialogue, and I see what I want to write. And art does help me, but I think also this, just writing stream of consciousness and not worrying about, like you said, Marsha, about the commas and the grammar and right. where this came from, who, who already wrote this. I think it's just getting over the fear um, because nothing is original. I, I don't know. A lot of people say there is, there isn't. I don't think so. I think well, it's just can a I, personal. Let me tell you, Marsha, you've, you've had Dennis Must on, on your show, yes. I know. Yeah. And he, he told me, I uh, forget exactly when, but he was writing a collection of short stories, I think Going Dark or Banjo Grease, I forget which. And he had quit his job doing something, got himself into a hotel, closed the blinds, turned off the lights so he could not see, and typed. He's pulling it all out of his head, which is exactly what Eleanor is saying. And what we get to is all writers, if they stick with it and practice the craft and study the art, they all come to the same place in their their Mm -hmm. consciousness. You know, and that's where we know we transcend. And that gets me something I really wanted to talk about. Uh, I wanted to talk about bull riding, but instead uh, I'll talk about late style. I've been plagued by the notion of late style for a long time. And how do you define it? I mean, what in the world is it? 
Yeah. Mm. That's a a really good question. Well, what it gets down to, let me tell you the history of how I came to the whole question. Um, A guy named Edward Said, who was, I believe, a professor at Columbia, had written an article about Adorno, who was a German philosopher, and Beethoven, in which he talked about their late style. And, wow, late style, what does that mean? Well, he talks about Beethoven especially. Now, Beethoven, by the time he had gone deaf, he had mastered every known technique there was in music. You know, he could do it, you know. So he started writing some, I think, the Opus 111 piano sonata. No one had ever heard anything like it. No one had ever seen anything like it. And that's late style. It's when the artist leaves behind all the known, all the characteristics, all the generic notions about language, and pushes out into a really deep place you know mm-hmm. that's that's, well, that's good that, that's very interesting right because the truth is right because you know that's what i'm saying because a lot of people say oh you're going to sit down and write a novel you can sit down that's not really how it works i mean like eleanor right. i do what you do a lot of, i write mm-hmm. scenes but i write them on long i write them long mm-hmm. on like a, a pad yes. of paper and i just do exactly. because it comes out it flows out of me and I don't, I'm not looking at the typewriter, I'm not looking at the computer, I'm not looking at anything. I'm just, it's just right. that these two people or three you're, are talking, and I'm writing it. And I'm writing it. Yeah, you're, you're I'm you know, there. It, I'm it occurs to me, uh, listening to you, to, to, to you too, is that a lot, of, a lot of writers read the wrong thing. Now, how can you read the wrong thing? They and you know this from writing screenplays, Marcia. You cannot yeah. learn to write a screenplay by watching a movie. No, right? right. It's right. there's right. a whole technique. Right. So you cannot right. learn. You cannot learn to write a novel by reading only novels, because right. novels mm-hmm. are just a bunch of words. It's what's under yep. the words that really matters, and you yeah. can only get by reading everything you can. You know, people get stuck in reading novels. A friend of mine, a pianist, composer, conductor, he was at Tanglewood one year, and Aaron Copeland was the mentor of that year, and John had written a piece, and he asked uh, Copeland to listen to it. Copeland listened to it, and he said, John, you must not leave Stravinsky open on the piano when you compose. Mm. <laughs> oh right, right, just right. Go and for broke. Go for broke. Yeah, years later, exactly. Tom Gunn told me. Tom Gunn told me, Jack, you got to quit writing like Wordsworth because when you inhabit another man's universe, it's smaller than yep. the one you create for yourself. Yeah, right. So you cannot mm-hmm. become a screenwriter by watching movies. You become a screenwriter by sitting down and slugging it out and learning about form, learning what the art is, what the craft is. And most writers just want to write a novel. They don't want to learn the craft. I get so excited by this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you're not, you know, a lot of times I've heard from a lot of people on the show because during COVID, a lot of people cannot, they're not out as much. And as we know, as writers, we can go sit in a coffee shop and look around and we got a story and you can't do that now. And so I think a lot of people have found this very inhibiting Mm -hmm. because they can't, they're not around people, and that's how you get dialogue. You listen, you talk to people, and people, people are feeling watch. kind of trapped, mm-hmm. right, in their houses, you know. And if they do watch TV a lot, which they do, and that's why I have some these Hollywood shows now where people are talking about different shows they watch because that's what people are doing right now. 
because they can't go out. Mm-hmm. So luckily they have mm-hmm. a lot of TV to watch, and they can read books, but watching TV a lot of times is like almost like you're with people, you know, sometimes. So I think mm-hmm. that's what people, and you could do the same with reading a book, but I think people are having a lot of trouble now because of that, and, you know, and they're putting a lot mm-hmm. of pressure on themselves. And, you know, yeah. and because you've got more of a, a longer day, you know, not everybody is doing, a lot of people are going out a lot, but most people that I know are not, and most of the people that I've had on the show are not. And they're not, writers right. do like to go to places, like to sit in the park, to go to restaurant, just to look at people. And that's where they get, mm-hmm. you know, ideas and their mind starts working. You know, so that's. And, and see, I can't write in public. I've always had a hard time. a little bit more. You know. You don't go. You don't do it. Do you keep music on? Did you say? I remember we were talking about that. No, I, I can only listen to instrumental, classical, right, cello, right, right. the sadder, the better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, get, that gets me right because I don't write happy, happy novels. So right, right. I need I need a lot of Russian composers and a lot of dramatic, <laughs> sad, sad music. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jack, what, what's your next topic that you want to go for? Well, I just wanted to just lay out in, in as clear terms as I can get what late style is. Okay. I, I want to read a little piece from Mae Swenson. Now, you met you met Pam Carter, right? I don't think she was yes. on your show. No, but you, I know. But anyway, yes, yes, yes. she she has this thing. Uh, excuse me. Pamela sent me this quote from Mae Swenson in which she gets to the notion of late style. And she says, still, I visualize a breakthrough in these, my late years, a lucky and magical period of peace, simplicity, ideal inner and outer weather, a clean slate, away from petty obligations and complications, a surge of power and self-belief, a sudden ability to make use of my hoard of experiences in the creation of a great poem. So here's a poet who's talking about how she got the late style. You know, so it's there. It's sort of like this, this pot of gold out there at the end of your experience as a writer. You go to a place where you cannot write another mystery novel. You cannot write another romance. You have to do something else, you know, and mm-hmm. that's where Beethoven got to. And Dennis yeah. Must is there right now, you know. And Bob Ray, uh, you had him on your show one yes, time. Uh-huh. He was a yeah. fairly famous mystery novelist. I think yeah. did mm-hmm. seven books and a bunch of other stuff. He is writing a novel that is unlike anything I have ever read in my life. And you know, I've read a lot of crazy Frenchmen, you know, so it's, it's pretty clear <laughs> that th- this man has transcended into late style where language is more than character. It's more than plot. It's more than, than uh, scenes. It's, you know, it just transcends. And I am in awe every time he reads a page of that thing to me. So well, maybe he'll come on the yeah. show again. He's only been on once, but I don't. Definitely. I don't know if he likes to do shows too much. But ask him, because I'd love to have him on again. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's really something. He's really something, yeah. you know. And we have to Dennis have Pamela too. I mean, to also, yeah. yeah. You know, I. Yeah. But you know, you do have a lot of people that you know that are very intense writers, and they are not the run of the mill. Yeah, they're different. Yeah. You know, which is a good thing. 
you know, I mean, because mm-hmm. they're not, you know, the same. And that's, you know, you have met so many people in your years, and I, I've met so many different people, too, from you. Because mm-hmm. you do you do have this quality of getting all these people towards you <laughs> because you yeah. are, you know, you're, yeah, you do. You know, and that's the first time I heard you on uh, Joanne's show, Buck Buchanan, I just went, oh, I need to have this man on my show because <laughs> Well, that was a real introduction, like wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, nobody, yeah. but nobody talks like you. I mean, you were well, doing, me, you know, I, I remember let me everything add another you topic about. here. Let me add another topic. Marsha, you mentioned it, uh, TV, a lot of people watching TV. Yeah. I had an insight a few years ago. Marsha McLuhan said that our uh, kind of their different medium is the message. Uh, TV is cool. Reading a book is hot because you have to immerse yourself in it. So yeah. I wrote mm-hmm. an essay called How to Turn a Cool Medium Warm. And I thought, oh. you know, this is, this, this mm. is an interesting thing. And it has, it's all about technique. Yeah. So this came this came to my mind just the other day. Art is gushing right now. There is so much stuff out there. There is so much freedom. There is so much development. We're in yeah. a we're in a magical age, Marcia, Eleanor. It's, you know, mm-hmm. art is just full and rich and gushing. You know, the images are finally moving. We waited thirty thousand years for move, motion pictures, and now art is moving. Just so and. People are producing. It may not be late style, perfect writing, but God, are they pushing? You know, they're pushing art. Out. Oh, there's so much and out now. It's real, it is. It's true. It's you there know, there's is. really a lot, and you don't have to stay in the same genre. You know, and that's the thing. People don't have to just do mm-hmm. mysteries. They can do, you know, romance, drama. You know, they can do horror. They can do, and there is a lot. If they're getting some of their messages from TV or whatever, there's so much mm-hmm. out there, and yes, and more people mm-hmm. are getting their screenplays, and people are, you know, I, I always say this, people because people can independently publish, look at all the good things that are coming out of that because a lot of people would not be published because the big six doesn't take everybody. So right. Right. Yeah. all of these That's people right. that are writing, they're mm-hmm. out there now. And that's really great mm-hmm. for them. And I think sometimes, in a way, it's not so good that they don't have all the rejections that I have behind me when I, the letters that you get, because that just makes you go, okay, I can do this. <laughs> you can do this. <laughs> and so because now, even if it's not good, they can do it. <laughs> they can do it, and they do. But, and which is hard on Amazon, because people are having a very hard time. They go, like, why is this book this way? It's in the wrong genre. And that's a whole other show. I've talked about that many times. But, you know, that's the thing. You put down a genre, but a lot of times you're not in exactly that genre. Like you're saying, you can be a lot of things and not just one thing. Mm-hmm. And they may well, never be somebody's book. We're seeing a fusion of genres now. Yeah. You know, we're yeah. seeing, you know, sort of what would have been mainstream now with elements of science fiction in it, you know, shape-shifting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All these, these, so the genres are becoming more fluid. And I, I, had, I found a quote the other day that I really like. I still can't quite figure it out, but you guys can help me. If you oh. feed your soul to your ego, you diminish your art. If you feed mm. your soul to your ego, you diminish your art. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> okay. I haven't, I, uh, what do you think what it is means? It? I'm the Me? host. I can say that. What do you think it means? <laughs> okay. 
Well, I think that what a thing, if you do it just for yourself, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm, I'm not quite sure, if you do it just for yourself, then your ego says, oh, I did that. And it doesn't yeah. transcend the art. I think that's what's being said there. You diminish yeah. your art, you know, which gets me to the thing you mentioned in your critique of the review, Eleanor and, and uh, Marcia, uh, the review of, of objective versus subjective reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, an objective writer, an objective reviewer looks at the way you did what you did, looks at your language, and it doesn't matter if they like it or not. You know, the subjective reviewer says, oh, I don't like this because blah, 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 blah. And you say, to hell with you. I don't care about you. Yeah. See, I need to know mm-hmm. what's going on in the work that I have done. And that's why I ask you, if you feed your soul to your ego, you diminish mm-hmm. your heart. Uh, well, and I think I that, that, also, that also sometimes, though, stunts you a little because sometimes you'll go like, you know, you're, you're doing your writing and you're going like, because I hear a lot of people say that, who's going to read this, you know, um, and that that's bad because that's not true. You don't know who's going to read it because you have to finish Correct. it. It has to have a beginning, Correct. middle, and end, and mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. the thing. If you write 20 pages and you don't always like what you wrote, just keep going because you may like right. the rest of it, and then you'll get rid of the 20 pages that you wrote that you Correct. didn't like, yeah. but you have well, to you, you could write start it. somewhere. You, yeah. you could write it. I could write a chapter today. And love it, and think that I've got this nailed to the wall, (laughs) and then read it, you know, two months later, and think, oh my God, this is pure horseshit. Yeah, right. And then that's it. (laughs) That's the squirm factor. You can't read it without squirming in your chair. Say, oh my God, did I really write that? (laughs) That's very good, Eleanor. Yeah. But you, but you learn, and and I think that's so true with ego because I don't think you can. I don't know how you could write with ego because. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't even know how I had the nerve to write the first book. No, I, I get what you're saying. No, I, no, I get what you're saying. Right? Yeah, it's a, it, yeah, yeah. I didn't know I what think, I was yeah. doing. Yeah. No one yeah. told me, and I had people tell me, you know, your poetry may not be ready, and I'm like, I don't care. It's going out. Eleanor, what's the first yeah. line? What's the first line of a decent woman? Do you remember? My copy's on the shelf. Do you remember what the first line is? Something about the the flock in the church for thought that the the uh, okay. what was her name? Our Our Lady of of uh, something had forgotten her flock or something like that. Okay, but I it doesn't remember. start with the word I, does it? Exactly. 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 Yeah. It starts yeah. with the yeah. other. It's when you write yeah. about the other that you escape the mm-hmm. I and become. Exactly. You let the characters become. If it's always I, 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 I don't care. You know. Right. Jeff Miller used to right. say, you know, he was a screenwriter, yeah. teacher yeah. guy. He said to the students on the first day, I don't want life in your screenplay. Mm-hmm. I can get life at 3 a.m. for 10 bucks down at 3rd and. You know, fine. He said, I want art. <laughs> yeah. so, this, as long as you true. say the first this word is true. not I, you know. <laughs> yep. I agree. Yeah. I agree. You know, because sometimes you don't actually know. Learning. You don't actually yeah, and you don't actually know what you're writing. You know, like even when my children's books, it's very interesting. I wrote them many years ago, and then I published them, and that, you know, 
and then I had illustrated Doom. And a lot of people go, oh, we really like the message. And I'm thinking, like, when I wrote the book, I didn't – I was just writing what I felt. I didn't write it as mm-hmm. a message, you know. And exactly. so that's one of the things. You you know, I didn't sit down and say, oh, I'm going to write a book about self-esteem. But that was how people – understood some of the children's books it was there i did work for a pediatrician for 20 years so i just used what i felt but i didn't really say oh i think i'm going to write that so sometimes you write something and you may, it, it may develop into something that you that somebody they go oh this is for self-esteem and i didn't even think about it that way i just was writing a well you see so you're talking about going beyond you're talking about see and that's what you when when you go beyond self i think that's what this means when you feed your soul to your ego, you diminish your heart. See, you, you go beyond self into something beyond self, and lo and behold, the children can pick up on that faster because yeah. they don't have yeah. any of the nonsense that we have clouding our vision. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, that's, that's true. very true. That's very true. Yeah. That, that is no true, fear. and that's right. Yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. there, you know, you don't. So I think, uh, you know, rounding out this whole conversation, this is about, you know, right. Just write, just sit down, write. Don't right. keep thinking right. about it. The more you think but about it, you're sure, doing it the right sure way. There is no right Bob way. Be sure to read Bob and Jack's writing blog, Mark. Tell be sure to read Bob and Jack's writing blog. Because it's all there, everything. That, no, I'm joking. Uh, but, but you know, no, yeah, honestly, you're right. I'm going to say, know. you know, look, at, it took me all these years. It takes time to learn all this. You know, like we're not born knowing this. Even if we take, I don't care, mm-hmm. even if you grad, like I remember or somebody said, just go home and write. Don't start thinking about taking more classes that you need right. and whatever. If you're going to write fiction, just go write it. You know, don't yeah. sit there and yeah. say, oh, I want to learn this. Because you can't. You mm-hmm. you just live well, life Eleanor, and then you Eleanor write. Eleanor said something when she said, sometimes I write a scene and a, a, a week later I read and say, oh, my God. And what yeah. she discovers in that moment is the artist and mm-hmm. the rewrite. You know, yeah. you yeah. get this That's thing right. down and then you go back and put all the techniques you need to make it work. You know, and that's a beautiful place to be in your own mind, knowing that you write it and it may not work. See, that's the objective thing. Why doesn't it work if it doesn't work? And you instead of saying, subjective, oh, I don't like it because, you know, ah, who cares? You know, tell me how to make exactly. it better. Okay, let yeah. me ask you a question, Jack, because I think Eleanor will like this question for you. Okay, <laughs> you're, you, you've finished your work. Your, your editor is going to read it. So what? How do you and your editor work to make this story the way you it the way it happens? Boy, and still get along with you. Two, okay. two examples. Two examples. Right. Okay. Right. When I published a weird collection of short stories, literally called Terminal Weird, I met uh-huh. with the publisher editor uh, for coffee because I thought, oh Christ, he's going to make me rewrite it, and I don't know what I've done. And he said, well, there, there's a couple. Like, uh, do you mind if I put caps in the titles? I thought, well, of course not. Do whatever you want. So I'd already gotten my art to a certain level. And the second thing that really became clear to me was when I was putting together uh, the wisdom essays, I got them all together, and I had two essays that I had written quite a long time ago. One's called The Strong Man, and the other's The World Out of Whack. And I sent it off to Dennis. And he's as good an editor as walks the earth. And he said, you got to cut those last two essays. Mm. Just like Mm. that. Why? Well, they do not fit with the entire 
objective reality that you're trying to expose here about the nature of wisdom. These are just mm-hmm. comments. These last mm-hmm. are just comments that you made mm-hmm. up. So, see, that was a real editor's note. You know, and he straightened it out, and I took them out, and, and they feel pretty well. And the continuation of that is when I went over uh, with the publisher of, of uh, the, week, uh, the essays uh, at, um, oh, God, I can't remember the, the, the pace that somebody said. Anyway, uh, we went through it word by word, and there were word changes. Says, do you really want to use this word here? Do you want this? Is this what you're trying to say? And so, you know, working that closely with her, I came up with a pretty clean text. Now, does that answer your yeah. question? I, I yes. Well, yes, yes, and no, because you know, yeah. because you do, because if you know, you have the knowledge, but you also, you know, have your own style. But and I think a lot of people, when they are not happy with the way it's edited. Sometimes it that may not be the right way to edit it. That's the problem, you know. And well, you have because a editor, lot of people are out there that say yeah. they're editors and they're not. Mm, right. And well, that's, been, and me, that's a hard thing. Catherine Catherine uh, Treadgold, who was the editor publisher at Pig Iron at Coffee House Press, yeah. when I published mm-hmm. all those coffee. Yeah, she was the best editor I could have imagined because what she would say, she'd leave my style intact, all its craziness, all its protuberance, she would leave it intact. But she'd look at something and she'd say, you know, uh, is this what you mean? She'd look up stuff, she would go over it, leaving the text basically intact, but saying, well, you can't use the word, um, one of the big ones was, uh, compassion as opposed to sympathy or something. Compassion yeah. versus sympathy. She said they, mm-hmm. they, you know, there's a, a nuance there. So she was attuned to it. Mm-hmm. And I, as I look at those books now, I see her hand on them, her eye on them, and I think yeah. she really helped me, you know. So, yeah, you know, the answer to the question, maybe it's not a good edit, but maybe the editor isn't any good. Maybe it's not the story. Maybe it's the editor is not any good. Well, that's, yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. You have to have some – I've always interviewed my editors and had conversations with them. And because of my particular uh, writing, all the stories so far are set in Puerto Rico. So mm-hmm. I need someone who has that sensibility um, who understands the culture because I've had editors who didn't understand or said, well, you know, this dialect doesn't work, you can't use this word, but they didn't know that that was a, a dialogue, a type, uh, a slang of the island. And so right, because me, right, different places do have different wording. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Exactly, different vocabulary. Just because it's Spanish doesn't mean it's from Puerto Rico. Right. It could be Venezuela, Chile. Right. So right. that's really important to me. Now, poetry, when I, when I um, had um, my publisher's Winter Goose Publishing, um, my editor was a, is, is a poet, and that really was helpful. Oh, that's I helpful. don't know if yeah. that – it really was because she – and we write similar poetry. And when she read it, she, you know, she made very good changes, things that I hadn't thought of. But and I don't know if that's the way it should always be. The poet should only, you know, be in the you know edit poetry. I don't know. 
but it just that well works poetry has a certain so way of flowing it's flowing you know and, and especially when mm-hmm. it's you know because a lot of people think oh poetry you know there's a lot of different ways of doing poetry you know and it does matter yeah. who reads the poetry too that's the other thing right because not everybody that's reads true. poetry right you know, because mm-hmm. you know, if you, so you know, I want. To, I think I learned when I was doing breeding cards. They would go like, if you have to take a breath, this isn't working. You have to. So I, I kind of remembered that. I don't. I, I don't. You know, writers write, Marcia. You know. Yeah. No, that's right. It's true. But you yeah. know, but but when you're reading poetry, sometimes if somebody doesn't mm-hmm. read it the right way, let's say they're doing, you know, it may sound differently and not right. Yeah. Mm. I don't, I don't know that. Well, Eleanor, right I, I was really I'm impressed. <laughs> what? I was really I'm impressed, learn. Eleanor, with learning. the relationship that yeah. you had. No, but Eleanor, you write, you, but you're writing the thought. That's what yeah. matters. You're, writing, you're not writing a poem that's just like rhyming. You're writing a, a whole thought and a feeling. That's a whole mm. different story. Because your book right. is, and I've had you know, some people when people say, say that poetry, because that's like why people, a lot, of agents, a lot of agents won't take poetry books. They won't, and they won't. A lot of people say it's tough to sell poetry, but people love poetry, so I don't get that. I never did, because I understand it. Because people, yeah, it it doesn't make any sense to me why people why why they don't want to publish as many poetry books. I I don't know. I just don't get that. But that is that's a fact. I think you know. I remember they we don't want poetry. You know. I mean, except if it's children's, and if children's poetry, if it wasn't a couple of, you know, some people think they could write one poem, and then they're poets. That's really not the case, mm-hmm. you know, but your your books right. are more like feelings. It's not just a poem. Mm-hmm. It's like about right. how you feel, you know, it's, what, it's, it's your, the way you're it. expressing your feeling. Exactly. I think, I think with this poetry collection, Tight Knots, Loose Thread, it was, there were three people actually in as I as I started writing, putting them together and and figuring out you know should this be first, should this poet you know poem be more towards the end? And I realized there are actually three people speaking, and it was about betrayal and love and passion and heartbreak. Right. And I threw in the other woman, and so one woman said to me, she said, you know, this reads like a novel. <laughs> It, well, it, you know, because each of your poems could be novels, like starting out, out a novel, like, you know, as to, because mm-hmm. they all are significant in what they say. Yeah. Right. And, and then I worry, you know, am I writing poetry or is this a novel? You know? You're writing a, you're writing a beautiful book. You're writing a beautiful well, I don't, book. I don't, so I, you like know, see, I don't like that phrase, just a novel. Yeah, My right. Goodness, I, you're writing you know. a beautiful. Oh, I, know. I know. You know, you're writing <laughs> just, something. Well, I just you know, wrote, a, writing just a, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's <laughs> no, no, no. Because that, you know, poetry, I don't mean right? That. You know, poetry is. You know, I mean, the name of this show is really, you know, a good story is a good story, and that's really how I look at it. Mm-hmm. If, it if a poem tells a story, then that's the what the story is. But it doesn't mean, you know. Exactly. I mean, every that's what you have to when you finish with your work, whoever it is. Is it a good story? Beginning, middle, exactly. and end. That matters. Yeah. If it's it not a matter. good story, then maybe you need to make it a good story. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You yeah. know, uh, whatever it takes to out. make it a good story. <laughs> and that's really yeah. what, you know, that's really what anything is. Like, right, yeah, it's not just a book, you know, because like a lot of people, no, oh, just a book? No. <laughs> or like people say, are you still writing? What does that mean? 
what does that mean? Are you still well, right? Well, yeah. I think it, it <laughs> you know, my, my question, but obviously, I, it, obviously the word dress doesn't belong there, but no. I think what I was getting at was that she made me think was, was that, and I did hesitate a little bit because I thought, oh, wow, so this wasn't poetry. So what was it? And then I, I just thought, well, those are my feelings. Those were thoughts that just came to me, and I put them together in the best way I knew how. And, I mean, I'm proud of the collection, but I did, I did wonder, you know, do, does, uh, about poetry, because poetry is brand new for me as well. So I'm self-taught in novels and, and poetry. I didn't have years and years, and, you know, who knows how long we have in life. And so I thought, if I don't get it out in 2020, I'll never get it out. So I just did the best I could. But it, it, I guess the question is, about poetry in particular, is it is it a story? Is each each poem is a story? Is it self-contained? Should they blend into the next one? So there's so many questions about poetry that I've been thinking about anyway. Well, you know, I what think one think? of the things is though whoever you know tell you know like a lot of times people tell you things, but sometimes you just have to go, oh, thank you. Bye. That's it because that's 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 my, what I my think. answer is, huh? I say huh? <laughs> yeah. huh. Because you know what? You know what? Because I used to, you know, well, I'm going to go soon, but this is one of the things is that you know I used to always listen to all the people, you know, or the people that would give all these review, you know, reviews on movies or whatever, and I'm thinking to myself, do they really realize how hard this person worked to get this movie done, to get a producer, director? And I'm thinking, and they go like, oh, this sucks or something like that. It's bad. Okay, this is a bad movie or something like that. And it's really sad because the person that wrote it, it really is hard. Mm. It's not, you know, and they went through so it much to get hard. a movie. You know, people don't realize how much work it takes to get mm-hmm. a movie made, right. you know. And it's well, not always I mean, just the words on the page. It's a lot more than mm-hmm. that. You have, and, to, you have to go, and I, I have to go, but I yeah. want to leave one small I've used this before, and I know I told it to Eleanor. Art is salvation. Mm, you know, that's so that's true. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, good. It, see, it let, when all else fails, you know, when Mer- Trump is elected and the Canadian truckers are, you know, blowing their horns in, in Ottawa and <laughs> the Rwandans are murdering one mm-hmm. another, huh, you know, well, I can still mm-hmm. create a world, you know, yeah. that, Right, you can go into another world and not, and that's yeah, one yeah. good thing about writers. We can go yeah. into another world and not be yeah. in the world that we're in, you know. Right. And um, so, right, Eleanor, where can they find world. you? Yes, where uh, can w- they find w- you? www.eleanorparkersapia.com, and it's S A P I A. I have it on the I have it on the show page too, if anybody's looking. Yeah, for that. I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, yeah, mine mine is, is bloodthenovel.com. dot com. Uh, you know, I, I have three blogs. You know, well, the Bob and Jack. Then I have jackremick.com dot com and Blood the Novel. Blood the Novel is where I have a lot of stuff about writing. Yeah. See, I think, and you know, and I do think that you know, um, I hope the people that are listening to to this will just write. And if you have any questions, you can always you know go to 
you know, where Jack said go to the, that, because that site really yeah. does have a lot of information. on both of my blogs. You know, it, it really does have a lot of information. Yeah. Or, you, you know, yeah. and if you're it's, looking uh, for somebody, if you need some help, email me, and I'm happy to send you to the right place, you know. And so, right. but I, right. uh, the last words are, please wear your masks and get vaccinated because we still are not through. With, no, I have to say that every show because I just want this world to be a better, like it is. It, it We want to be yes. back to normal and we want everybody to be able to be healthy, which is the most right. important mm-hmm. thing is health. It isn't about Absolutely. money, it's about health. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you too for both time. being on and thank I hope you'll you. come on soon. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Enjoy it. Great as always. All right. Thank Bye. you so much. And right, everybody Bye. have a good night. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.